Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Thank you. It's uh, wonderful to be here and uh, you can just sense the spirit of this church. I feel like I'm home. And, uh, you know, uh, you can't say that everywhere you go, but you can just sense the worship and the, what is on this work and you can sense it's a breakthrough church. You know, you go to some cities and you just sense their, their breakthrough works. And, you know, when their breakthrough works, there's a, a price to pay. And, uh, you know, that's why, uh, to me, prayer is so important. Prayer gives birth to what you see in the spiritual, reap in the natural. And uh, we paved the way for things to happen in our communities, in our cities. And uh, it's an honour to be here. Uh, I mean, I was invited quite some time ago to come here and I pray about where I go. I don't go everywhere. If I probably went everywhere, I'd be out most weeks of the year. And uh, I just, uh, you know, send some places God wants me to go and I felt to come here uh, to this city. And, uh, uh, you know, you need to get behind your pastors here. You need to cover them in prayer. And, uh, you know, the, the enemy takes your pastors out. You've got your work. And uh, I think it's very, very important that the body of Christ is covered in prayer in this time because you can see what's happening in the world and the persecution of the church. And we're living in very, very key times and a time to walk very much uh, with the Lord. We're not to be just Sunday Christians. It's a lifestyle. And uh, we carry the presence of God. You know, we govern we govern a nation. The church is to govern the nation. We govern in the spirit, not governments. Praise God for governments. I come from a family of a, a government background, and my father-in-law was Premier of Western Australia, and my uh, brother-in-law was Premier of Western Australia, and my husband was president of the Liberal Party in Western Australia. So I have a lot to do with the political side of it, but we are to govern in the spirit. You govern over this area. And uh, I believe it's very much time for church to wake up and know who they are in Christ, the Christ within, what we carry, whether we carry it into the schools, whether we carry it into the political, whether we carry it into business, carry it into our family, wherever we are. You, the king lives within. He's in residence here. And uh, we are a kingdom people, a kingdom a mentality. And let's just pray. That's just the introduction. Father, we just thank you. You're awesome, God. You're God of the now. You're God of your word. It never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that the stand that they make. I thank you, Lord, for what they're doing in this city. I thank you, Lord, for the visionary. I thank you, Father, for the grace upon this house. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, that your will be done. Lord, as we walk here on earth as it is in heaven, Father, that we bring heaven to earth. And Lord, I just thank you there'll be such a, a kingdom mentality come from uh, this work, Lord, to impact the city and the 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 townships around it, Father. We just thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you be here this morning. 
you draw and the people draw out of me that which they need to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I, um, I sort of love to be organized. I like to have know where I'm going, what I do. I have my message planned out and I pray about it and I keep praying about it. And, you know, I really didn't get a message for here. But the Lord gave me a scripture this morning and I'm going to bring it and we'll go from there. Amen. Romans 8.11. And, uh, I, you know, I think I wrote two messages, but they weren't right. So uh, I just believe you'll draw out of me and, and this is for you. And we believe God will do miracles and healings tonight. And if he wants to do some this morning, he can too. Amen. I want us to look at Romans 8.11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now I want to read it also from the Amplified Version. It says, And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ, Jesus from the dead, will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. I mean, if you just meditate on that and think on that, you can read that and let that just, oh, well, that's a good scripture. But think about it. Who lives in us? Holy Spirit. It says there, restores to life your mortal, short-lived flesh, perishable, perishable bodies, through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, we are debtors, but not to the flesh. We're not obliged to our carnal nature to live a life ruled by the standards set by the dictates of the flesh. For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But, but it through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. We're to be led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is within us. Say, Holy Spirit, you're in me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You know, if you can learn this when you're young and learn, <coughs> excuse me, who to be led by, not the world, not what's going on in the television and the press. We live in a very, very negative world. You know, the only thing that the devil is after is the word of God. He takes out the, the word of God out of the world. There'll be no life, no light. Remember, there was 400 years of darkness. There was no word. That is the only thing he is after. And I can tell you, as I speak out around the nation and have a lot to do at different times with press and television, the only thing they're after is the word of God. They will not print scripture. They will not, do not want you to talk the word of God. That's why the Word of God is so powerful. It's alive and a living. You're here because of the Word of God. 
Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh. God sent his Word and delivered us from all their destructions. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. That's why words are so powerful. Words are alive and living. And do you know when I went through sickness here, uh, this is before ministry and after I had babies and finished tennis, I had four under eight, went through, finished up with a torn valve of the heart, depression, insomnia. Life was not worth living. And uh, I thought, how can I get out? I didn't own a Bible. I gave my heart to Christ when I was number one in the world in tennis. Had fame, had money, great husband. And, uh, you know, I had everything, but I knew there was something more than me in tennis. Sometimes when I was playing, I, I knew about Jesus. I knew Easter, I knew Christmas. Uh, I, he was there. I'd pray. I'd pray every night. I'd go to church every Sunday. I was from a Catholic background. And uh, I didn't know him. I thought he was in the sky somewhere. And I remember uh, when I, sometimes I'd just think, God help me. And it was like, I don't know, something just came from somewhere and this strength came into me. And I knew there was something more than me. I wasn't down and out when I gave my heart to Christ. I knew there was something there far greater than me. And uh, when I gave my heart to him, I tell you, I gave, went along to a meeting and because I went to America and this woman would give me these books and things and I went to stay with. I said to my husband, I think she'd become a religious nut. I'd put them in the rubbish bin. And, uh, but I, sep ex I just kept one about accepting Jesus Christ. I read it, but it didn't mean a lot. And I went home and a friend of mine, something had happened in her life and she said, I'd given my heart to Christ. I said, that's interesting. I said, I've read a book, a book on that. I'd like to know more about it. Went along and was sitting out there. I was just watching them. And, but I knew they had something I didn't have. And I remember when something lifted me up out of the seat nearly to go give my heart to Christ. And I, I got up and went up and I said the prayer of salvation, but nobody touched me and the power of God hit me and I hit the floor and I started speaking in tongues. And it was life changing. I remember going back into tennis and the press, who I was around for many, many years, and they never change. It was like they were eight, ten years there with you. They'd say, something's happened to you. What is it? You can see it in your eyes. See it in your face. I had this joy. It was an unspeakable joy. It was like, it was a joy. They said, you know, 1 Peter 1.8, it says, joy, unspeakable joy, full of glory. There was like this was welling up out of me, and I couldn't take the smile off my face. And, and they'd say, what is it? And I'd shared with them. And, you know, at that time, I took a piece of paper and I wrote down on it, because I didn't own a Bible. I wrote down Romans 10, 9 and 10. You know, we can sit around church so long. We can get to know the Word of God and praise God for it. But, you know, we've got people all around us dying all the time. People that are sick in hospitals. People who don't know Jesus. And, do you know, I that... That in there, in me, I would say to these press people, they'd say to her, what is it? I said, well, you know, I went to a meeting, gave my heart to Christ, and I said this prayer. When you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. I said, I said that prayer, and I said, you know what? If you say it, we're going to be in heaven together, and you mean it in your heart. How simple it was. 
Hundreds and hundreds of people come to Christ through that prayer. Just taking it and, and sharing the love of Jesus Christ, what had happened in, in my life. And I went on in tennis for another five years and then got sick. And I'm not going to share all that because I'll share a bit of that tonight. Uh, but, uh, you know, after I did get sick, but I went to Bible school. Somebody came along from full gospel businessmen said, Margaret, why don't you come and hear something on faith? And uh, I said, no, but they mentioned a man, a man called Fred Price, who was a, a Negro preacher uh, from America, which would say black preacher from America. And uh, I gave my testimony at a meeting at the Full Gospel Businessmen. My husband sat out there just like you and had very bad ulcers. We used to think it was from watching me play tennis and uh, on medication for it. And just sat under the word of God of Fred Price. I gave my little testimony of five, ten minutes. And two days later, he said to me, I believe I'm healed. Never had ulcers ever since. And, and the word of God, this is why I say about words are powerful. Press know the power of words. Television know the power of words. It's time the body of Christ knew the power of God's word. Life and death are in the power of the tongue and we'll eat the fruit of it. Our faith will be no higher than our mouth. And how powerful it is when I went through Bible school and sat under the word of God and I started to learn about the creative force of the tongue and who lives on the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within me, making alive my mortal flesh. Be not conformed to the world, but be, be transformed by the renewing of the mind. As a man thinketh, so is he. And as a little girl, I learned a principle at the age of 13, came from a family of nothing. We didn't own anything. We didn't own a car, a television, asbestos, tin roof home, uh, alcohol in the home. I had hand downs. Mum, my mum couldn't even afford to pay for the first racket. My racket was a paling off a fence. I hid up against a wall and a lady gave us, me a big old wooden racket and a hand. I could hardly get my hand around it, but it was my pride and joy and I remember putting stickers on it to make it look pretty. And, uh, you know, I had eight boys in the street, real tomboy. But, you know, I started to show some signs of being good and talented and it was a very good I was very blessed to have very good coach and his wife live at those courts at that time and uh, he could see some potential in me and uh, you know I, I started to win a few country tournaments I live I came from Albury New South Wales and uh, somebody said to me at the age of 13 Margaret you could be the first Australian woman ever to win Wimbledon and, you know, people would say to me after that, what do you want to do with your tennis? I'll say this to the young ones, and I'd say, I want to be the first Australian woman ever to win Wimbledon. You know, there's those words. I just didn't say it. I started to practice towards it. It started to become my dream. It started to become a goal in my life. At the age of 15, I was winning country tournaments and my coach said, uh, you're going to have to go to Melbourne or Sydney uh, to further your tennis. And so he approached a coach in Sydney and he said, no, she's too skinny, too scrawny, she'll never make it. So he approached a coach in Melbourne and she took a look at me and he said, 
Well, he said, she's got something, but he said, we'll have to build her up. So they put me in the men's gym five mornings a week before the men went in, and women didn't do that back then. But here my career started. And you know, with the word of God, I remember going through a Bible school and listening to the the word of God, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God and what you speak over yourself is what you become. You say something long enough, you believe it. If you've been through depression and things and sickness, you'll know it will overtake you, it will embrace you, you speak about it too much. You speak about fear too much and fear will become so big in your life. Been there, done that. And it, it'll, it'll overtake you. And the Lord taught me a principle that when I went in to do weightlifting uh, in Melbourne, and I first started out, just they would put me in and put a curtain across. And uh, sometimes you'd just be a bit over time, and you'd see these Mr. Universe or Mr. Victoria come in, and they'd be flexing their muscles in front of the, the mirrors. And, and uh, I'd look at myself, and i think, oh, my goodness. And, you know, I was starting out, I was this skinny, scrawny kid. And uh, I, I use this illustration because this is how we often start out in the Word of God. When you first start in the Word of God, you don't know too much. And, you know, I pumped weights and I pumped weights. And I remember those first, first few months, all I was was sore and I didn't want to go to gym. And I was so stiff and sore from doing weights and doing so much training, I thought, is this worth it? And you know, when we start to take the word of God, the enemy will come against us and he'll say, this stuff doesn't work. It's not working in your life. Look, it's got worse. And you start to take this word of God. And I remember after a few months in Bible school, and I remember the few months after being in the, in the gymnasium, it was like all hell was let loose against me. But I started to take this word as medicine, and I remember going to the gym and I was pumping weights, and I remember after a few months, I thought, well, they're flexing their muscles, I'll try mine. And I was like <laughs> this little, little chicken instep there. It was starting to form, it was starting to develop. But you know, the word of God, we don't see it working. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us, making alive the word of God within us, making it alive in our flesh, making it alive in our circumstances, making it alive in our marriage, making it alive in our finances, making it alive in our mind and to become a part of us so that we know who we are in Christ. The word is always working, no matter what the circumstances. Whatever you're going through in life is temporal in God's eyes. See, there is divine healing. There is divine health. And divine healing is through the gifts of the Spirit. But divine health and to live in victory in life, to walk it, whether you're in the political, whether you're a businessman, whether you're in the boardroom, wherever you are, you can take it in any circumstance of your life. I talk about health because I had to walk in health. I had to take it as medicine and health in my life so that my heart was totally healed back in 1983. And they, uh, they said I'd be on medication for the rest of my life. But the word of God overtook the medication 
and it became my medicine and I walked in divine health and same with depression, insomnia and everything else. But it'll do exactly the same in what I'm teaching you, whether it's finances, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your children, and four children, wonderful children, nine grandchildren under nine. And I have a wonderful family, praise God. My daughter is in ministry with me and I believe she'll be the one, and she's very prophetic, very anointed, that will take the baton when the Lord says that's it. And God and his word are one. We and our words are one. How did he frame the world with his word? He spoke. He said, let there be the heavens, let there be the earth. He framed you and me. He made us out of the dust of the earth, but he breathed life into us. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you and me, taking these scriptures, making them alive in us. I remember going when I went to gym and I did all that gym and I'd come back and I'd go and I won my first Australian Open when I was 17 and then went on or rather kept me home for a year, thought I was too young back then in those times. And there wasn't the money like there is today. And, uh, you know, I, I thought in 1965 I'd, I'd won everything and uh, went to Perth to hide and uh, nobody knew me over there and retired for two years and uh, then came back uh, sort of after I met my husband and got married there, not realising I'd ever play tennis again. Uh, in that time I played squash. Uh, put my rackets away, gave all my rackets away, everything, never playing tennis again and uh, played squash and got to number two in the state in squash. And then I met my husband and I just said, let's, you know, perhaps we should go overseas for one year. And you said the life I've led. And uh, I said that we were going farming. We, we've owned a farm for 35 years and uh, we sold it about six years ago. But um, I said, and just see the life. And then open tennis came in. So th then I went back into it and somebody said, you know, you've uh, gone twice to win the Grand Slam, all four in one year. Why don't you have a go for it? So that, that was another goal. Why I say these things? I don't care how young, how old you are. You need to have a vision. You need to have goals in front of you. Young people today in school are not taught to have vision and goals. They really, and you meet, meet a lot of young people who, who commit suicide, and that, they've got nothing in front of them. Nothing, nothing's worth living for. That's why we need to and plan something in, in young ones. What, where's their gift? Where, where is their strength? Where is their love? Not to do what mum and dad wants them to do, but what is their real love? Is it, is it in art? And today you look and they, they say, well, you know, but I'm very bright, very smart. Well, you better do law, you better do medicine, but that child wants to do something else. You go with the heart. See, so we go with the heart. God's put a gift and a talent in every person in this, in this room here. There's something in every person. It's finding that where, where the strength in is. Many people never do or fulfill what God's got for them. I hated public speaking. Look where he's got me. I didn't like it. Even when I was playing tennis and I had to get up and give me a tennis racket, I was fine. But I had to get up and wanted me to do at the end when you won something. I didn't want to do it. 
I go red from there down and, and, and you know, if they wanted me to go to speak at Rotary or somebody, I'd say, my husband, you go, I'm not going. I'm not speaking. I'd wear a roll thing up here so nobody could see the red that was here. No, and, I, and you know, as I went through Bible school, my husband said to me, because he saw my life change, he saw me become such a mess as a Christian, and I got into wrong teaching. That's why it's important to have good teaching. And uh, he saw my life become a mess. He didn't want anything to do with Christianity. And uh, he started to see my life change. He says, you're like a walking Bible. Because I was desperate. Life wasn't worth living. I wasn't much good to my husband. I wasn't much good to the children. I went through such horrific fear in my life. I wondered where I was going to finish up. My only way out of it, I didn't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. I knew Jesus healed, but I didn't know how to get it. See, we praise God he heals through the gifts of the Spirit. I had scoliosis and healed my back through the gifts of the Spirit. But taking God's word, his gospel pills, his gospel medicine, and being made alive in my mortal flesh. And, you know, when we were going through the mess, we, we looked like we were about to lose all our finances. It was like, oh, hell was let loose and everything. The same principle works everywhere. This is the word. Jesus Christ is the word. If, if Jesus was standing up here, everybody's looking for an encounter uh, with Jesus or wanting Jesus to appear or Jesus... This, this is him. You and I'll pass away, but his word won't pass away. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why your words are powerful. Don't think you're a nobody. You're a somebody in him. You're special in him. You're made in the image of he. As he is, so are you in this world. The spirit side of us is very important. It'll either go one way, heaven or hell. You don't hear much about hell anymore. Nobody ever mentions that word anymore. You know, you don't even, today in the Western society, I've just been, I'm on the board there with uh, Yongi Cho over there, and he's got a church of a million. And uh, interesting that you go there in that city, and, I mean, you see crosses everywhere, big wooden crosses, big crosses over buildings, and I'm looking, it's probably one of the most Christian countries in the world today. I said to Yongi Cho, I said, do you know what? I said, if a missile came from North Korea, I think there'd be something in the heavens and it hit it, it'd bounce back. <laughs> you sense it. You sense the prayer. You come in here, there's a lovely spirit in this church. You sense it in the city there. We should be sensing it in our nation. Power of prayer. The biggest churches in the world. And I remember the Lord said to me, and you know, I don't say this to boast on me, but I boast on Jesus. I decrease, he increases. And I look at my life, and I've had a very full life, full in sport, achieved all the goals I wanted to do, and achieving what God wants me to do. But I've seen what he's done in and through in our ministry, the vision, the dream, and I praise God when I pass it, I'll pass it on and be very healthy in the things of God. But, you, you know, you, you just find he, he does things. I remember when I was um, in many, many years ago, he said, you, you'll speak to a million people one day. And I thought, ah, oh, yeah. Didn't take very much note of it. But when Yongi Cho sat in my office in Perth some years ago, 
He said, I want you to come to Korea. And then he said, I, I want you to take my service. One o'clock in the afternoon and you'll speak to a million people. And I thought, oh. You know, but, but then the Holy Spirit brings it back to you. What, what he said to you. Many a time he said things and then you're actually walking in it. And you think, oh, how did I ever get there? God's full of surprises. He, he loves doing those things to us. You know, those little things that he's planted. Don't ever lose the dreams of those things because he can do just in the twinkle of an eyelid. How powerful it is. What God will do and he'll show you. But you know, you build a vision and you, your people have got to go with you. You know, this is your church. You're a part of this vision. You take ownership of it. It's a part of you, what, what you do, how you help, what you fulfill. And you know, and I, I look and I, I was saying about the crosses and you, I think in Korea, you look, you look up in the, over all these buildings and you see crosses everywhere and I thought, you know, if anybody's depressed or anybody's suicidal, they'd look up and they'd think, Jesus. The Western society has taken the crosses out of everything. You know, we fight for our country. We fight the good fight of faith. You know, I just, there's a group of ministers in our city. There's five of us got larger churches. We get together and we pray. And, you know, they just built a new children's hospital. And uh, a lady on the board, she said, you know, there's no prayer room in there. And I said, what? And so we talked to pastors and we wrote a letter. And I went to the premier. Do you realize you can go to your local member or whoever and, and on the Friday when they're not sitting and you can go talk to them? Because they'll tell you not many Christians ever come to see us, not many pastors ever come to see us. I went to see the premier and I said to the premier, do you know there's going to be no prayer room in that new children's hospital and we get indigenous, we get mums and dads coming with their children? And in hospital and some's life and death and they've got nowhere to pray but I said they have a Muslim prayer room it's got everything in it he didn't know it sometimes they don't know we've got to be a voice a voice of righteousness a voice of truth, a voice of justice no voice, no life no light if there's no word of God there's no light in a nation most people have stopped speaking God's word and saying what God says. Most people have stopped saying what the Bible says. Christians have stopped speaking what God says in love. You know, when you, you love your nation and, and you love your city, or you, that love will come through the word of God and you'll stand up for righteousness and truth. We didn't get a, a prayer room but I tell you, the room, they had a multi-purpose room. And it was not going to have a Bible. It was not going to have a cross in it. But now it's got a cross in it, and it's got a Bible in it, and they'll pull a curtain around. But I tell you, we would not have even got that. How sad in a Christian, Judeo-Christian country. We need to stand for righteousness in this time. We need to be a voice, a voice of victory, a voice of love a voice for the king of kings. Because once the enemy takes the word of God, 
He's got a nation. I'd like you to remember that this morning because I think it's something God is saying. And I'll just give you one more scripture that he gave me. It's in 2 Corinthians 4.13. And we'll finish on this scripture. And since we have a same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. That's why you pump weights in the spirit. If you remember anything about me, pump weights in the spirit. Amen? For God, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us as far as more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. If you can see it, you don't have to believe for it. Faith is in the unseen realm. We're pulling from the unseen into the seen realm. He said, let it be here on earth as it is in heaven. How many of us have said the Our Father? So we're pulling from the unseen to the seen. It's already here. Everything has already been fulfilled through Jesus Christ at the cross. He fulfilled it for you and me to walk in it when? Now. Faith is always now. The word of God is always now. You might say, well, I haven't got it, but that's why you pump weights in the spirit, believe God and the word of God, and it comes from the unseen into the scene. The word of God is always now. It's not yesterday and it's not tomorrow. If we're always hoping, we're getting out into the hoping into the future. Praise God for hope. That's our vision and goals. We bring it into the now. The word of God is always now. That's why we stand on the, the word of God and we work the word of God and we trust the word of God. We trust him with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge him and he directs our path. That's why we get it in the spirit. That's why prayer is so important. I always learned three things very much is prayer, spirit, and the word. If you look at Jesus' life, it was around prayer, the spirit, and the word of God. He knew who he was. He is the word. But he laid everything down for you and me. He walked here on earth. He walked in the flesh for you and I. He paid the price. He went to the cross. He saw you and I through the cross. It's all about you and me that he went to the cross for to bring us back into that place that Adam and Eve had before the fall. They knew God's love. They walked with God's love. It wasn't until they sinned that they realized they were naked. But before that, and that's what God wanted to bring man back into that place. And by grace through faith, we stand there. We don't deserve it. We don't earn it. We don't work at it. We don't drive it. We've got the Holy Spirit in us. And he brought us back into that love place. 
that we can fellowship with God, that we can walk with him, that we can talk with him, that we can communicate with him. This, this nation is the great south land of the Holy Spirit and we need to be all saying that and bringing from the unseen into the seen God's hand coming down on this nation, that there be such an awakening, such a transformation in our nation. You look at the world, you look what's happening. We don't want to go the way of other nations. This is a great south land of the Holy Spirit. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you, making alive your circumstances. This group of people here can change this whole area, can bring into a nation. Think about it. I don't care how young, how old you are. Start to know that this is the written word, the spoken word. You get the rhema word from it for your life. You'll never be the same again. Amen. Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for your word. I just thank you, Father. I thank you for this church. I thank you for what you've done and what you're doing and about to do through it. We just thank you, Lord, that your grace and favor be upon it. And I just feel to say to you, all of you need to speak that, that grace and favor is on our church, that grace is upon my life, A favor is upon my life. Wherever you are, you may be needing a job. You start speaking favor on my life. The doors are open to me. You know, break that, that area of your mind the mind's the battlefield. It's a gateway to the spirit. What happens in your mind is what you'll finish up getting down into your heart, into your emotions. What you think on is what you'll become. It's a gateway. Even a, an athlete, being a, to, a, um, a top athlete, you had to train your mind, your brain, to think on victory. You had to train it. You could not look back at the matches you lost or you'd lose. You had to train and discipline it to victory. You had to think of yourself winning. And no different in the Word of God, and it's there. If you're going through things, it's there in the Word of God for you to change your life. And you know, you, you may be out there and you've never given your heart to Christ. You know, I was number one in the world, thought I had everything, fame, but I still knew there was something missing. You may have gone like me to church all your life and think, well, I'm a good person and, and uh, I lead a good life. No, it's not through works because he loves a drug addict and the alcoholic and the, the man in the gutter. And, and you know, he wants you to be come into the kingdom in him, know him here on earth as it is in heaven. You may be sitting out there and you've walked away from him and you've come back today and, and you know you've sort of been running from him. Don't run from him anymore. Run to him. We run into his arms because he loves us and nobody looking, every head bowed. If you're out there and you're one of those two things, you, you're not sure if you died not right now where you're going to go. I want you to put your hand up. Be bold. Nobody's looking. So anybody at all out there, you're not sure if you died right now, be bold. 
It's by faith we come into the kingdom. There's no other way. Just put your hand up and let Jesus Christ become the Lord of your life today. Anybody at all. Don't go out of here not knowing him. I see that hand. Anybody else? Just put your hand up. I did this. I was in front of a group of people. Everybody knew me. I didn't care because I knew there was something missing in my life. And I wanted to know him. Just one more time. Anybody else? Just, just put your hand right up. Be bold. Don't go out of here not knowing Jesus Christ. I see that hand too. Anybody else? Let Jesus come into your heart today. Let him be real to you. This is the greatest miracle of all, knowing Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. Anybody else? You don't let fear come. If fear, fear comes, you know that's the enemy. Fear and faith are opposite. Let it be real to you today. The one wonderful miracle will happen on the inside. He'll come to, to live on the inside of you. That We talked about that scripture, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwells within us, making alive. Well, he'll come and live in you so that that word can come alive to you, to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. Anybody else? Just, I just feel there's somebody else there. You'll just think she's talking about me. Well, you need that. Just put that hand. I see that hand. Praise God. Anybody else? Don't go out of here not knowing him. Those pe people that put your hands up, I'd just like to pray for you and meet you if you'd like to come on down here. Be bold. And somebody might like to bring them. I'm just going to pray for you. That lady there, you put your hand up. And lady right down the back there. And, and uh, the young man over there. If you'd like to come down, be bold now. Come on, I did that. I tell you, when you, you get up and you come down and give your heart to Christ, I never forgot the day I gave my heart to Christ. I tell you, I came before man and I came before God. Come on down. And that young lady up the back, somebody like to bring her? That young man there? Come on. This young man there put his hand up too. And the lady down the back there, you put your hand up. You're not coming down. Amen. You know, I do this at home in ours because, you know, when you go, you'll never forget the day you gave your heart to Christ. And because you say no, when those thoughts come, oh, you're not saved. No, you don't feel saved. No, I tell you what. You say, that day I went up and gave my heart to Christ with that lady is when I came into the kingdom. And you know what? The devil will never rob that from you. That's how powerful it is. Amen. Well, young lady down the back there, you say this prayer and we all say it out loud and Jesus is going to come and live on the inside. Let's say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, forgive me for my sins of my past. I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and I confess with my mouth this day that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. I thank you, Jesus, for coming into my heart today. And I'll fo follow you all the days of my life. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You now live in me. And you'll lead me and guide me and show me things to come. Father, I just thank you for these ladies. I just thank you, Lord, for what you've done today. 
I just thank you, Jesus. You reveal yourself to them in a mighty way. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for your healing power and your healing mercies, and that you keep them strong. We just thank you, Lord, for divine help. We just thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat>